Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, episode four, episode four of the Coffee and Ketchup podcast. And once again, we are excited today to have a very, very special guest. Derek, why don't you tell us who we got on here today? I am uh, I'm blown away that she has agreed to come and sit with the three of us in this million-dollar studio that we have. Mm-hmm. Multi. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of folks will know her just because they obviously can see her and her social media explodes any times that she posts anything on there. But uh, this young lady we have sitting uh, with the three of us, she has she wears many hats, I will say. Um, she owns Sundown Cattle Company, and she's going to go into detail about that. She does barrel racing. Which is not not rolling bar- barrels not. down a hill, mm-hmm. which I we learned. <laughs> Y'all got, you got right, clear right, no, that. Nope, figured that out. Thank you, Brian, for mm-hmm. clearing the air on that. Yes, Glad yes, to yes. help. She, she is the sales manager at State Broadcasting. She co-hosts a morning show. In the Morning Ride. With Darcy. And, uh, they do that yeah. weekday mornings. Y'all do that from? Six to ten. Six, six to in ten. the morning? Well, Darcy does the six o'clock hour, and then I come in at seven. <laughs> she can. God bless you, Darcy. God bless you. Goodness Christ, six. I ain't doing it. So she is involved in lots of things. Has bought, brought uh, various things to the area locally, uh, and we're going to delve into all kinds of stuff. And uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come sit in with us. I know you and I obviously have known each other for years, and. Um, it's been a pleasure all those years, I will say that. We've helped each other through through different things as we've uh, navigated, uh, I'll say, life is the best way to say yeah. it. So uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, we look forward to today's show in episode four. Well, thank you all for inviting me to this million-dollar studio. Hey, we do our best. I, the, it's the decor, It's especially yeah. the picture. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love it, mm-hmm. and we've added decor as you can see over. <laughs> That's your left shoulder, Brian. On my left <laughs> shoulder, in the camera, it's hard to tell. I was yeah. about Mitch. to do the thing uh-huh. I was teaching you earlier. Yeah, like, left, right, left. I love yeah. how you guided him through that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's his first time <laughs> viewing. Apparently, it, it takes a village, <laughs> and we're glad yeah. of it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, I probably know you the least. Stephanie, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself um, and kind of kick this thing off. Where are you from? Um, who is Stephanie? Oh, gosh. <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> as long as it takes. <laughs> so, uh, born Stephanie Roxanne Horn. Uh, did not. Roxanne. That'll be the only Roxanne, one, I promise. Roxanne. That'll be the only one. Yeah, I want to be your man. <laughs> Roxanne, Roxanne. Which funny thing is, I didn't know what that song meant till I got older, and I was like, "What was my mom and daddy thinking?" <laughs> the song came out later. I'm sure. No, well, I was didn't. born in 1983. Derek, That's right. I've watched your mouth. I have to remember that everybody's not. We're only 11 80. years apart. Oh, you remember when Sting was born? <laughs> we that don't. One stung. That one stung. And I was, I was, I was at the at a UTFO <laughs> concert back whenever they sang Roxanne, Roxanne. No, I really wasn't, but I, I could have been. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so uh, born and raised here in Dublin, Georgia. Uh, went to Trinity for a few years. Uh, got transferred out to uh, public school. Mm-hmm. Um, graduated mm-hmm. from West Lawrence. Did a um, a little bit of college. And um, my mom passed away in uh, 2003, so mm. I withdrew, and I uh, had to grow up real quick at the age of 19. 
19. That's a tough age, too, to have to kind of be introduced out into the world. So how did that go for you? Well, that's um, that's probably when life hit fast forward Mm -hmm. really quick. Um, My mom died August 26 of 2003. Um, My stepdaddy, who had helped raise me since she uh, picked me up when I was like 10, um, he remarried the in December of that year. Mm-hmm. So um, I found out what homeless was mm. and um, found out what it was like to be without a car. Um, I had a little four-door, I think it was like a little red Grand Dam, the little sport edition. Oh, yeah. Um, I had went to uh, get my tires rotated and balanced and my oil changed um, at a car dealership here in Dublin. And whenever I went to go get my car, I didn't have one. It had got traded in. So I didn't know that, you know, that was not my car. It was in, you know, my mom's name, and she didn't have a wheel. So everything was kind of dispersed. So, but you didn't know. You, they're just mm-hmm. like, I was 19. get your stuff changed. And they're like, and then, yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, by the way, the owner actually traded us in. Yeah. Yeah. So there I was <laughs> without a home. God. Without what, a car. At what age? I was 19. 19. 19. You have a car psych. Yep. God, that's so. Um, mm. Yeah, that's whenever that was life hit, and I Jeez. realized then that you know I I had had to learn how to to survive. Right. And you know when people say that you learn how to survive, and you go in survivor mode. Yeah. It's something you never really get out of gotcha. because you gotcha. have you you have to. I had to figure out like how to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um. How to do. I had to find somewhere to live. Um, I did some things in my early 20s that, you know, now that I look back on, um, kind of, I, I, I hated the things that I've done, but I felt like at the time I had no other choice. Um, right. A lot of people know, um, some people don't, um, but I dated a, an older married man for a long time, mm-hmm. and people judged me for it, and I I didn't really have any other options. Mm-hmm. Um, all, pretty much all my grandparents died before I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, Beverly, and my my dad, you know, they only had one child together. That's me. So no full-blood brothers or sisters, mm-hmm. you know, to go live mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went and um, worked at the radio station. What year was this, Stephanie? So I, was, I worked at the radio station pretty much from 99 to 03. But for those of you who know me, I'm a huge Gator fan. Uh, but Mac Davis, can uh, we say Mac's name? Yes, okay, yes, so yes, yes. Mac, um, Mac hired me because I went in to sell ads for the football program when I was in high school. Okay, and he called me and he was like, "Hey, you know, you you got a career in radio," and I was like, "Really?" You know, hey, I was like, "Shout out to Mac for having uh, that yeah. eye." You know what I <laughs> That's mean? True. And wow. Mark Powers. Wow. And yes, um, yes. you know, so. Uh, I was like, so I'm going to be on the radio? He's like, no, um, 107.5, The Buzz, you ever heard of it? And I was like, mm-mm, I, I've never heard of the rock, that station, but it was, you know, 107.5, mm-hmm. The Buzz, yep, the rock yep. station. He said, We're, um, we do Georgia Bulldogs, and we have to sell 10 sponsors a year to help pay for the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you think you could help us, you know, part-time? And that was my introduction. Well, wow. then Mark Powers got me. He's like, come help me do some liners. And I was like... What are those? And he said, you know, you just, we'll get in here and I'll tell you what to say and you can do them. And he said, I want you to intro my drive at five. And I was like, well, what do you want me to say? It's like, okay, so we'll just say whatever, you know, and I was in there playing around. 
And I said, um, it's the Drive at Five. Say it like you mean it. And that was his intro to the Drive at Five. But that I was how m- my love for radio began. Hmm. That's crazy. And see, I was working there, I'm sure, during part of the time that you were there. But And I left for a period of time. But And we probably just, because the way I worked up there part-time, I don't know that we ever interacted. Do you recall? I Mm-mm. don't. No, I, I mean, you obviously back then good yeah. looking still very good looking great voice <laughs> he takes it after his little brother yeah that's what it is <laughs> but you know you you made a mark yeah. because you know what you were doing on radio who you were and that kind of stuff so you know you, when you're in your earlier years and you walk by that white ninety six studio and mm. back in its glory days you know you you guys and still are superstars in my book that's funny because it's the other way around for me, you know. I, I do the thing on Saturday night, and then you're, you and Darcy are every morning, and every other commercial you hear is you, and I'm just like, God, she's so great. I love but it. you have the most listened to show <laughs> because of the show. That's got a lot to do with. But if it. you that weren't drives it. But if you weren't there, the show wouldn't happen. Because ain't none that. of us during the week ready to come on Saturday night seven to midnight. God, God, Chris, you're you're cool too. Chris. Oh man, y'all chill. It's not yeah. about me today. Yeah. So, but to bring it back around, um, from to talk, to talk about my mom. Um, hence, if you can see the tattoo, the brand, the Sundown brand. Um, my mom's CB handle was Sundown. Uh, she, you know, I had a hard time growing up really understanding some things um, about her and why she left me because uh, when my mom and my dad divorced at a very young age um, I was placed into a home with a family here in Dublin well they um, provided a great roof over my head there were things that um, happened to me uh, that he was eventually um, charged and served time and uh, so from about I'd probably say about four to ten. Um, I was in in their home. Uh, f- I know for at least four years full time. There's still missing pieces uh, that I don't have, but I can you know kind of look at pictures and place things together. And um, God rest her soul, she's not here for me to ask. But I was in their care. But that's how I learned how to barrel race. Hmm. Um, I was I had ponies that were mean as you could ever imagine. I had uh. one. That, you know, when you get her to the alleyway, she'd try to flip over backwards. So, like, four or five uh-huh. grown men would have to pick her up, set her in the alleyway. They'd set me on top of her, and if you touched her, she'd flip over backwards. And then once I got on her, she'd, like, get up on her back feet and, like, climb down the panels and then take off. And let me stop you right there. This pony's doing that, and you're still willing to get on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's an adrenaline rush. Wow. And then the other one that I had, I mean, she wouldn't stop till she got to the horse trailer. So she would, after she'd finished the pattern, she'd come out, run to the horse trailer. And then um, I had a, a big horse that would not, she didn't want to do Western Pleasure anymore. But those horses are what got me through my younger years. Mm. Wow. That's um, that's where I learned how to, uh, Barbara Bateman, um, She uh, that's where I learned how to ride horses at the age of three. I took riding lessons with her. Wow. Um, competed in my first show when I was four. Um, at uh, the arena in Macon over there by the river um, where they have like the cherry. No, well, I've competed there too at a young age, but prior to that, 
the there's like a little arena close to where they have the cherry blossom festival. Um, Come on, making man. This is your time to shine, yes. Chris. Yes. Arena. And like you go over the <laughs> river bridge and you turn left and you go down that road and it's down there on the left. Like in Central, like Central Park down there. Yes. Where, it's right there where the making bridge play. There you go. Ding, okay, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, yeah, making yeah, yeah. Yep. You are here all day. In Luther yep. Williams Field. <laughs> that's it. It's kind of close to that, but Thank yeah. You. So um, that's how I learned how to to ride horses. I started riding when I was three. Um, when I was younger, younger than that, um, they would ride me around, help me go to sleep. Oh, I can't. I can't. That is. Do you, have you ever ridden a horse? No. Are you scared of them? Yes, I am not. Steel horse. That I, I'm Harley seven two, as we've discussed before. Well, that's the thing. People like my wife tells me all the time, like, "How can you be scared of horses? You, you know, you ride a crotch rocket. You know, man, I the crotch rocket doesn't have a brain, and like I, you can an animal it. bigger than me scares me. Neither and horses. Does the, are neither does the massive. person navigating that crotch rocket doesn't have a brain right well exactly so. and it just kind of goes by itself you know and i'm just alone for the ride but when you are riding what do you feel adrenaline it's definitely an adrenaline rush I, as soon as you said something about when brian alluded to how dangerous it was and you would get on there anyway that's definitely an adrenaline chase no I'm question i've got to guess freedom it is for you know depending a lot, a lot of times people will say well you know what's your fastest time well it depends on the arena mm-hmm. some arenas are smaller and it's like a 13 to 14 second pattern. Some arenas are bigger and you, you know, it might be a 14, 15, 16 second pattern. And then you have the WPR, WPRA, the Women's Pro Rodeo Association pattern. And that one can be 17 to 18. You know, mm-hmm. it just really depends on the distance between the timer, the first barrel, mm-hmm. and you know, how far it is coming back out. So those are all the factors. But when you, when you saddle that horse, and, you know, these horses don't owe us anything. Mm, they, right. they weren't put here to, you know, run around trash cans. Right. And they give you everything that they have. Mm. And you come back out. It For those 14 or 15 seconds, it is literally freedom. You can, you can take, you, it feels like you leave the world for just a little bit. Mm. And all it is is you and your horse, that adrenaline, the speed, the muscle memory, the excitement. And then, you know, I mean, it's one of the most humbling sports because, um, you know, from 2004 to probably about 2018, um, I have uh, this horse named Miss Cody. And Miss Cody, uh, kind of like me, um, rough around the edges, had been, you know, abused when she was younger. Um, they no-sold her at this cutting horse sale in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Wow. Papa Herb, Papa Herb Mullis, God rest his soul. Um, he was like a, a daddy to me. Um, he trained her, brought her, you know, from Oklahoma back to Dublin, Georgia, over there on Horseshoe Circle. Mm-hmm. And um, within 60 days, he called me and said, hey, Steph. Now, keep in mind, I want you to hold on to dates, okay? He said, I want you to come try this horse. He said, I think I think she's going to be something you like. And I said, well, okay, Papa Herb. I said, I'll come try her. So I got on her, and I was like, man, this is, this is like, she's automatic. Like you just get up on there and you just send her to the barrel and she rates herself. And what I mean by rate um, is whenever they like drop in on their hind end and they drag their hind end and then they pick up their right shoulder and then, you know, they reach around the barrel and then leave. I mean, it's a lot of athleticism because again, they, they're not, they're, they're, they're not born to run around trash right. cans. You have to teach them how to use their body, how to pick up correct leads, where to place their feet, where to put your hands, how to cue them with your legs. You know, just like, you know, when you're sitting on your motorcycle and you lean, 
Right. That motorcycle goes with you. I mean, it's like your dance. She's your dance partner. And when we, when I, she and Miss Cody and I seen each other, it was like an instant chemistry. Um. Now, prior to that, I'd had you know some. I'd had some horses that I could go and place with. Mm-hmm. Not horses that when I went down the alleyway, I knew that I quite possibly could win that day. And um, so Papa Herb said, you know, come try her. And um, there's this uh, circuit. I don't, I don't know really how to explain it, but it's uh, where your horse has to be five years or younger, and they're called faturities. But you can't run these horses prior to December 1. So it's like run what you br- run, you know, what you brawling kind of thing. Uh-huh. You don't know anybody else's horses. None of them has money earnings. But as of December 1, you could start compete and run. And um, he said, Steph, he said, I think we could make a futurity run with this mayor, like campaigner, this uh-huh. next year. This is 2003. Uh-huh. I lost my mama August 26, 2003. Mm. God sent Miss Cody. Sure did. Oh, that's cool. That's a sure so, did. So, um... After Mama died, uh, I was per- prescribed Paxil. Um, Paxil, probably one of the worst things for me to be prescribed um, because I probably, I've never been diagnosed, but I feel like I have bipolar tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it runs in my family. Um, so Paxil amplified my depression of losing my mom. Mm-hmm. And I um, had, you know, homeless, lost my car, horse comes along. You know, I had all of these things, and Miss um, Cody was my saving grace. Wow. She gave me a reason. Um, we competed in our very first futurity uh, December of that year um, in Unadilla. Uh, a lady up in Milledgeville, um, she looked at me, and she said, you're running with the big dogs now. And I was like, <laughs> I think I got it. So we run. The first go, I win it two tenths which doesn't sound like a lot but in barrel racing it is Mm -hmm. um the second go i think we were like third or fourth and then uh we come back in we won the average we leave there we go to murfreesboro tennessee win the first go win the second go win the average we leave there um to the next fraternity first go second go win the average like i did not unstoppable it was insane so um i left to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, made that stop. The next stop was San Antonio um, for the Stock Show and Rodeo and Futurity. Um, We go down the alleyway, and, like, she's trying, but I could tell something wasn't right. Like, Mm. that fire in her had gone. I was like, well, maybe, you know, it's a long trip. You know, we just left Tennessee. We're now, you know, in Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I don't know. So second go, like, she can barely go. And I'm like, why? Why? You know, like, everything that's going on, why? So um, she was lame, and, you know, lame meaning she was hurting. Mm-hmm. Like, we, her feet were hurting. Uh-huh. Um, I, like, we, got, we gave her meds. We got her from San Antonio up to Marshall, Texas. I laid over at Martha Josie's place for a little while, and um, the vet came in and looked at her, and he was like, you're, you're going to have to give her some time off, and we've got to change her angles in her feet because there's a term that's called no hoof, no horse. And what that means is if they're, you know, if their feet don't feel good and they're not shod the correct way for their, their bones, they're not going to be able to perform at the level that you need them to perform. Because, you know, it's kind of like if you had a bone spur or something like that, they're hurting. Mm -hmm. So I had to give her some time off, bring her back. Um, She goes, it's like six months later, we go back to win and in place and we end up at Oklahoma City. And even through all of this, she finished up top eight. She was eighth 
in the world that the year in 2004. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's all based off of money earnings. Well, then after that, I was like, you know, I'm living in Louisiana at the time. I've moved out, got moved out there to Natchitoches, Louisiana. Um, had left the feed store and, you know, just various things happen. You know, it's not like this is just the storyline, you know, because I'm pretty sure people may tune in and be like, you know, Steph, there was other things that happened. Absolutely. We don't have time for, you know, <laughs> everything that happened. But, um, it it was it was such an experience because I I I learned that you know people are going to put God's going to put people in your life but He's also going to place animals and these other wonderful creatures in our life to help us heal. And I had posted earlier this week, you know, God, um, you know, created doctors to heal bodies, but He created horses to heal souls. And that was oh, that's good. But that's what these horses have been for me over the years. Um, so miss cody i still got her she's 25 now um really yeah and so dang um 2018 uh i made a run on her at gsa and before i went down the alleyway when i was back there her thing people called her catwalk cody because (laughs) when it was her time I mean, like, you can, she just, you know, like 1100. Oh my gosh, she knew her name. And she was like, you know, she loved it just as much as I did. Mm. When you were, I mean, I'd stand like probably 150 feet away from the alleyway. She heard her name. She'd go to prancing. The closer she'd get, she'd get on her back feet. I mean, she'd walk on her back feet. And then, like, when you made that turn to go down the alleyway, I mean, she would launch, like, just, let's go, mama. Like y'all were just connected. Yeah. I mean, it's because there's, and anybody that rides, um, you know, they'll tell you there's some horses you just don't jihaw with, but y'all don't, y'all don't connect. Like, you know, you just don't have that chemistry Mm -hmm. with that horse. And so, but that day I knew I'd made my last run because she didn't have that fire in her. Uh And I said, you know what, baby girl, you don't owe me nothing. I'm going to retire you. I was like, but you know, if you would, I'd just like to have one baby you know one thing to carry on you know what you're doing now y'all may laugh at me but when we start when we started trying to get her bread she wouldn't take and I was like you know a year would go by she you know um artificial insemination um you know we could get the follicle but she wouldn't hold like Mm -hmm. her her cert like everything would fill up with fluid and um so I was like I'm gonna call the animal communicator pet socket Get her on the phone, and uh, Miss Kathleen says, um, Stephanie, she's sad. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with her? Like, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't, I won't even make her carry the baby. Like, you know, I'll get her a, I'll get her a surrogate. Just yeah. tell her, you know, like if she's worried about that, she said, no, she's, she's scared that she's never going to, she's never going to be able to run again. Like she thinks you're done with her. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? And she said, well, you've got to go talk to her. And I said, well, what does she want me to say? She said, just tell her that, you know, she's not done. So I go out there and I was like, because, I mean, I've swapped vets at this point. They have shipped semen, um, you know, so many times. And um, I went out there and I said, look, Miss Cody, I said, honey, we've made a million miles together. You are the only thing that I've had in my life that's constant. The only thing. Like, me and you have spent more time together consecutive years than I've had a parent a friend, anybody, like, it's me and you, babe, like, you're not done, and um, I said, you know, after this baby, if you, you can, we'll go back to running, so um, call Dr. Pike, she comes in heat, take her to, to Piedmont, 
he calls me, you know, he's like, bring her on, come on, you know, we'll get everything done. She sets her up. She comes in heat. They ship the semen. He bred her on Father's Day. And um, he called me like two or three days later, and he said, she's good. She's good. Wow. Now, in the midst of all this, you know, she, we figured out we're going to let her carry the baby. Um, April 30th of the next year, 2019. So I'm like, you know what? She's bred. Let's start trying. Well, that's when we figured out I couldn't. So. I remember that. It was tough. Yeah. So I go see um, Dr. Carley here in Dublin. He starts asking a bunch of questions. And I was like, you know, yes, yes, no, no. And he said, um, I want you to come back in a few days and we're going to do um, an emergency ultrasound, and I was like, why you got to say emergency? You know, why can't you just say ultrasound, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they said, no, you know, c- call Dustin. He said, we're going to do it, and I was like, okay. So we get in there, and we're doing the ultrasound, and, like, I look, I'm like, Dustin, Dr. Carley, you know, it's, like, in front of me, and I, I see their eyes get big, and I'm looking up, like, what y'all looking at back there? You know, like, because the screen's over the top of your head, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and he said, you know, we're going to have to have a talk, so sit down we talk and he um he said there's no really safe way for you and this is probably the reason why you've not been able to carry at any point in your life and I say carry like it's you know an animal but that's that's Mm -hmm. always been my saving grace like my where I go to so he said you're we got to take everything and I was like I mean we just can't cut some of this out and he said no if we cut it out then it's going to be like plaster everything's just it's not going to be safe for you or a baby and I was like okay he said we're going to schedule it for Monday well in true ride or die fashion over the weekend that weekend Darcy's gallbladder goes out really so there me and Darcy are in the OR together I remember that now that you say that <laughs> who would have thought friends to the end I know. That's it. yeah so here, the, here there we are in the OR and the, you know they got they're like do y'all want to be in the same like same room together y'all want us to move this little curtain I was like we might as well move the curtain because we're gonna holler through it anyway so so that's on a Monday the night before Darcy goes her gallbladder goes out now because we're kind of jumping around because we were talking about Miss Cody um the night before I walk out there to the barn you know I'm looking at all my kids my four-legged animals and I look at I was like Miss Cody you look like you're getting close and I look down and I was like She's waxed over. She's dripping. Like, you about to go into labor, sister. I was like, all right. So I called Dr. Pike, and I said, Dr. Pike, I said, I got to have a hysterectomy in the morning, and um, I don't know if Miss Cody's going. I don't want to leave her here by herself and her, you know, something go wrong. He said, bring her up here. So I'll haul her up there to Madison, um, get there at like 11 o'clock that night. He puts the full monitor in her, the Foley, and he said, it, she probably won't. He said, by the time I get home, this thing's probably going to go off. She, she fold. The morning I had to have my strategy. Really? Mm. Jeez, if that yeah. isn't a God thing. <laughs> yep. You have seen it. Yep. Golly. And prior to when I hauled her up there, I met Pastor Tom at um the sidetrack in Wrightsville, and um Pastor Tom got on the trailer and prayed over Miss Cody. Dang. The year prior. God, what an incredible story. Yeah. So um, I named her baby Mr. Cody, and um, that's 
gosh. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's sometimes we don't get what we pray for. It just comes in another form. Comes in a different way than we are imagining it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, that was uh, it was whenever you leave the hospital, and anybody that's ever had, you know. A lot of ladies say, oh, man, you had a hysterectomy. I'd love to have one. Or I had one. It's the greatest thing I ever had. But those are usually people who have had the option or have children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to have the option, but then when you have it completely taken away from you, that's something totally different. Because at the age of 40, do you have kids? Uh, I do. I have a 12-year-old son. Derek, you've got mm-hmm. kids. Two. Brian? Tres delincuentes. <laughs> How many? I don't three. even think three. that's three kids in <laughs> Spanish. But you know, three crazies, I think. But when y'all sit around and you talk with your guys, y'all can talk about your kids. Mm-hmm. When I'm with women, because so many of my friends are females, a lot of their identity is being a mother. Mm-hmm. I don't have mm-hmm. that. And I'm not, you know, it's one in eight. There's one in eight. Every woman that you look at, there's one in eight that um, is battling infertility. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have. For the longest, I was mad because I was like, you know, the one thing you were designed to do, like you're a woman, Stephanie, like the one thing God put women here to do, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my, it was not in, it was not part of my journey that God put me here on earth for, you know. And that's something that you realize. I know that's not something that just all of a sudden happened. That, that's something that I'm sure was a process of coming to that realization and acceptance that that was. My best friend, my ride or die, Darcy. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know, she's she's infertile. Yeah. So he placed her mm. right next to him mm-hmm. and Pretty vice versa. That together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, the, the days that, you know, the little kids call and say the Pledge of Allegiance, or they call and they're playing the mind bender, yep. or you get a card, you know, their graduation mm-hmm. card, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this kid's already graduating. I remember yeah. when mom and daddy was calling in his birthday 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, those are like our kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the morning ride, that's why I've been so protective of it Yeah. all these years. Because family, friendly, radio, and in the day, 9 o'clock hour, we'll get a little, you yeah. know, PG-13 yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's a little rated R. But, you know, when you're trying to appeal to so many demographics but stay true to yourself, mm-hmm. but also have a family-friendly show. Yep. It's it can, a balancing act. It, it is. is. Yeah. It is. So, you know, when we tell, when we say family in the morning, friends and family, it's really what mm-hmm. Why Nation is. Yeah. It's what it's centered around. And it's the same thing for me on Saturday nights. I love, I love to hear from all the callers, but there's something special when I'm playing classic country music and you have a seven-year-old requesting something by Hank Williams Jr. And you're thinking, you know, and I always tell them, your folks raised you right. Your yes. folks raising you right. Because it's just, it's something uplifting about that, again, because I've, I've, I grew up with in, in classic country, in what is now called classic country, and just to have kids, you know, listen to that and call in and make requests, mm-hmm. is, is it's, it puts a smile on my face. On a Saturday night when, you know, I could be spending time with Sydney or, you know, whatever it may be, and I'm like, okay, yeah. This is this is why I'm here. Yeah, because I mean, this is radio. Yeah. I mean, you're everybody here is your yeah. own best DJ. Anybody that's watching this podcast, you're yeah. your own best DJ. That's right. But you know, if there's not radio stations that are doing what we're doing, we terrestrial radio will die. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the interaction. That's what it all. It's it's the interaction with the listeners that it just you thrive off of that because if I can put a small smile on somebody's face that's lost a loved one, that's going through something, that maybe it's a sad song, whatever it is, if I can put a small smile on their face, then I can walk out of there every Saturday night when I leave and say, this was good. Mm -hmm. This was good. Wow. Today's episode is brought to you in part. You said add one. Add one. Add one. Whoa, dude, there it is. Okay, man, today's episode is bought, brought to you by Buckeye Preferred Services. They do tree work and tree removal. You can reach them at 478-484-2178 or 478-290-4138. I think we say chainsaws will travel. And if you have any problems in your yard in the form of trees, they're cutting out your problems. Can you um, cut that? You can edit this, right, dude? No, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm like, you're talking right. about when you were Because I look like I don't know questions. what I'm doing. Thank no, you, Buckeye yeah, sure. Preferred yeah, Services. Yeah, I'll. I'll wow. righty. Yeah, and you, talking about that, that's the driving factor for me when that alarm clock goes off in the mornings. Because there's been, you know, the past, probably the past three years, mm-hmm. um, I mean, everybody goes through something. I mean, there's people going, you know, through far worse things when, you know, watching whenever you watch this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, because if we solve our problems, we'd probably in a pile would probably be like, no, I'll just take mine back. But, (laughs) you know, where I'm at in my journey, the past three years have been a little difficult um, because of, you know, just various things that have happened off radio and me learning to be my true authentic self. Um, I had the term fake. Mm-hmm. put out on social media she's fake and you know when you hear that word fake i think phony mm-hmm. a lie um not true to yourself um putting on a facade you know and then i started doing soul searching because i'm an overthinker mm, I am too. welcome <laughs> to the club yeah <laughs> yeah you know if somebody puts something out there about you or you read something about yourself um I'm going to run it through, oh, my gosh, over and over in my head. Like, why do they feel that way? What did I do? You know, um, is it my past or, you know, something, you know, all these things. But then I was like, Stephanie, you are. You're fake. Mm. And I started soul searching. I was like, you know, for this person to give me this, what made them think that? Like, what were some of your actions? Well, number one, I was posting the highlight reel of my life, okay. social media. Okay. You know, these are small segments of my life that I choose to put out there. Um, and it was building a narrative. And the narrative was I wanted, I wanted everybody to like me. You know, on social media, I look like this big social person. Mm-hmm. You see me in Kroger? I'm probably staring at the floor. You see me at one of the events I put on, I'm keeping myself busy. I don't make eye contact. Walking through a crowd, social anxiety, debilitating. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I have broke down, probably on all three at Kroger till they rearranged it, and I can't find anything now, <laughs> and got right back in the car. Cried. Like, had full-on panic, panic attack yeah. going in there by myself. But I make myself go now. Even if it's just to get a potato. Growth. Yeah, like, you know what? Like, you Go. But back to the fake thing, 
I was like, you know, what am I doing that's making people think that? Well, yeah, I was putting on a facade. Do I cuss? Yes. I, I do cuss. Welcome to the club. Yeah, you know, like, I, 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 I cuss. But Chris doesn't. Here it comes. Carry on, Stephanie. Carry on. I'm sorry. So, I was putting on this facade because, yeah, it's Y96. It's the radio. It, you know, some people be like, I don't listen to it. Well, guess what? Sometimes I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know? Good for you. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I you get got it. me. I, I, I got it. I, I, I mean, we're not for everybody. We're yes. might, we might be for some people. But when you are on a public platform, you I, I made myself feel like I had to do certain things, say certain things, post certain things, have the perfect marriage, you know, all of these things so people would approve. Yeah. But then, you know, Pastor Tom looked at me one day. He said, Stephanie, you only need to perform for the audience of one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah. well. Um, Pastor T. I'm yeah. telling you, that might be the guy right there. Wow. And I said, well, to myself, I was like, that's the problem. Mm. I don't know who I am. Mm. Am I this person that I put out there on social media or am I the person that I am on radio? Mm-hmm. Am I the person that I am when I'm by myself? Like, Stephanie, who are you? And then I was in this ping pong match and I still stay in this ping pong match. Um, cause you know, I, if, if, um, am I radio Stephanie or am I Stephanie when I get to, you know, my little place out there in, in Rockledge mm-hmm. when you shut that gate and, that's when I said, you know what? I, I'm just going to have to be honest. Mm-hmm. The person that I have portrayed myself to be, I'm mm-hmm. not her. Mm-hmm. I'm not her. I, I don't have it all together. Yeah. I, I, absolutely at all. I mean, uh, Tuesday night, um, major panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know. Maybe some of maybe y'all have. I mean, do you ever just feel like the devil's just like right there beside you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you can't control your emotions. 100%. The steer, the tears start flowing and you just want, I, I just wanted to run. Mm-hmm. And I did. I got in my car and then, you know, that's when it's, you know, it's like, I just felt like he was, you know, right, the devil was right there beside me and he was like, hey, you want to do 90? That's nothing, Stephanie, do 100. Yeah. Now this happened Tuesday. Dang. Probably about 1130. Got on I-16. Hmm. And then, you know, then it was like, I mean, you could just hit, just go hit that tree. And, you know, those thoughts come in my mind. But then I was like, you know what? That's the devil. Like, tell him to sit down, shut up. Go to hell. Yep, yep, yep. Got exit 71. Passed it, went to the next exit. And um, I pulled over and I was like, it was like, you got the wrong person in the Mm -hmm. seat with you. Like, you tell people when they get in a dark place, call on Jesus. I couldn't even, I couldn't say the name. Like, I, I felt like, you know, somebody had just grabbed me by the choking throat. You. Just choking me. Yeah. Can and, relate. Um, Can relate. Yeah. And I text Darcy, I said, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Dang. Because the devil will get in your mind and make you think that you are not worthy. You are not enough. You're mm-hmm. fake. You know, you're a liar. You, you've put on this fake facade. You know, you're, you're, you're by yourself for a reason. Yeah, it just keeps beating you down. Yeah. And I and I just was like, no, I'm by myself because I need to learn to rely on God. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to learn to rely on 
you know, the person that puts the breath in my lungs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Wednesday morning, I, I didn't set my alarm clock because I was like, you know what, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm just not going. Darcy's got it. And um, I woke up at 5 o'clock. It was like a new day. Wow. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. And then, you know, and I, I share that to, um, you know, not for pity or sympathy or anything like that. It's real. It's real. real. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you, you, social media has put us to the point where we feel like we have to be this certain person. That's yes. right. Yeah. You're right. And then you scroll it and then you start to compare. Mm-hmm. And then you feel, I felt like I had to, you know, post this to make it look like everything was fine or I'm good. You know, but really I was, and I was falling apart inside. Uh, social media was a scapegoat for me um, not to focus on something that I had not addressed, and that was uh, I couldn't have kids. And, you know, people look at you sometimes, and you're like, oh, you're child-free by choice, huh? Mm. Or, you know, when that first, you know, you meet someone, well, how many kids you got? Yeah. Well, I don't have any. It just wasn't in the plans for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I, I would never stop. I never really stopped to heal from it or or think about it or process it. And that was, you know, one of the things that, you know, um, my, it's it's hard to say this term ex-husband because I felt like, you know, I still feel like I failed because, you know, well, why couldn't y'all make it work, you know? But with him being such a good person and me being where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to hurt an innocent bystander. Yeah. Would he would he stick and stay? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of man he is. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I had to be this this section I had I had I've had to deal with by myself. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine small town USA rumors, mm-hmm. things like oh, that. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and that doesn't the, happen here. Oh I man. Know. And you know, it's been so funny because anytime we've heard something, we send it to each other. Like, well, let me tell you what you're doing this week. Let me tell you what you're doing this week. And, you know, well, my thing was, you know, I was getting accused of girls. And, you know, I mean, just, yeah. So, wow. you know, when when all of this stuff was created to kind of create more division between he and I. Right. Brought, brought you together. We're actually communicating That's more. Awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, and, when, and we've talked about it before. It's when the time is right. We'd love to be able to sit down and share it. Because pain has purpose. Yeah. Mess, mess equals message. Test equals testimony. Yeah. But if we don't share the things that we have gone through, then how do we help another person? You are right. If you Spot hold, on. yeah, you know, if you hold that pain in or if you hold, you know, that failure in or how you overcome it, then it has no reason. And it doesn't, I don't, and I don't want people to think that I say divorce means that it's something that, you know, that is condoned as far as what you read in the Bible because it's, it's not. But if we, you know, if we can share what we learned in ours to help prevent it happening to someone else, right. that's, that's my goal. And, you know, with that being said, I tell people all the time, pray together. Yeah. Number one, pray mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, how many people, like, listening to this podcast have ever, like, you know, grabbed their significant other's hand and pray together every night? Yeah. Do you pray mm-hmm. together before you leave the house? Do you grab your family up and pray together? You know, and, and it may not be, you know, my, your family might not function that way, but pray together, communicate. Yeah, that's huge. Especially if you are married to an overthinker. Yeah. You got to have an overcommunicator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of balance it out. Yes. There. Yeah. But pray together, communicate together. And, and the third one is date each other. Continue. Continue. 
continue. Whatever that intensity is that you begin with. Keep it. S- yeah, stay consistent with it. Um, Darcy hates the song by Scotty McQuarrie, as she calls him. Uh-huh. Um, it matters to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it. It is. Yeah. And, you know, guys, as she's mentioned it, it matters to her. It matters to her. The petty stuff, I mean, Dustin and I, we, we weren't petty like that. We didn't argue. You know, we, we had a lot of, our, our marriage was a lot of business transactions. And people thought, well, my God, y'all have it so together. Mm. Socially, we did. And that's on me. Yeah. Because I was struggling with my true, authentic self. And I wanted, I put our marriage up here on a platform. And it was easy to do because, I mean, he's got a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to tear all that down. And, and that's, you know, this process. And people are like, well, I didn't know y'all were divorced. We separated February 23rd of last year. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, well, y'all were separated? Well, I mean, we didn't post about it. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. We didn't yeah. publicly go through it because, mm-hmm. I, you know, he and I both felt like, you know, when we come through those gates at the farm, that was us. Yeah. You know, like – I. And he would always tell me, he like, Steph, you need to turn off. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is like an appendage, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's constantly going off. And I felt like if anybody commented on something, I, I needed to address it, uh, acknowledge it, because how many of, do you like to be ignored? Looked over? <laughs> I hate it. I mean, you know, like if you reach out to someone and they don't reply? Oh, no, no, no. It's definitely not a good feeling. Definitely not a good feeling. And, you know, if you took the time to sit, you know, two sentences yeah. on a post and, you know, you felt like, man, they didn't even, they didn't even like it. They yeah. didn't even comment on it. And then, you know, as an overthinker, I have felt those things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we go through, oh, like, oh, you can like and love all of their stuff, but you can't like and mm-hmm. love mine. We start looking at it through that filter yeah. or that lens. Yep. And then you're sitting on the couch. I'm on my phone. He's watching me on my phone, mm-hmm. and we're just slowly drifting apart. Mm-hmm. So how many people listening to this podcast happens at your house? Yeah. You oh, get I'm, home. I'm sure more than would like to, to say it doesn't, you know? Yeah. More right. More than would like to admit it, that's for sure. Or, you know, she puts her phone down and, oh, whoa, whoa, I better put my phone down now. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I would be that one. I'd put my phone down and look at him and be like, oh, you still on your phone? <laughs> and then, you know, I what I didn't realize was, the neglect he was starting to feel. Mm. This is good stuff, Stephanie. I'm sorry. I'm glad that you're sharing this. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to point that out. I think that's good for yeah. That's good for anybody. Put the damn phone down. Yeah, exactly. Put it down. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm preaching to myself at this point because it. you know, if you've ever been in the midst of someone and they're on their phone and you're just literally waiting for them to look at you or acknowledge you or show you some attention. Like, instead of holding this phone, hold their hand. Mm. It can wait. Mm-hmm. It can wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that going back to it matters to her, it also matters to him. Yeah. It it's, matters to him. It's two-way street. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So, you know, when you, you, you leave a job, if you it's mentally taxing, physically taxing, in this heat, it's going to make us all like hellions mm-hmm. for a few days. We're going to be testy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you get in that back door and you're just so excited to have the air conditioner on and you just want to relax and what do we usually do mm-hmm. sit down and get on that phone entertain me phone yeah but we're not sitting down having dinners together we're not sitting down having conversations together you know if 
I, I saw this recently, and I wish I had saw it sooner, but this husband and wife, when they would come in, you know, you always told that a relationship's 50-50. It's got to be 100-100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say you come in the back door, you've been working in the heat all day, you, you probably got 10% to give. Mm-hmm. You just write your number on there. I got 10 today. Mm-hmm. Well, she knows she's got to give 90. Communicate. She doesn't know that you're tired. Right. You're wore out. You, she doesn't know that, you know, you've had your balls busted all day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you've got deadlines to meet. It was, you know, the air conditioner went out in the truck on the way home. And, you know, you've got $42 and you've still got four more work days. And you've got to figure out how you're going to get diesel, feed the kids. And, you know, as a man, you have all this stuff running through your mind because you're a provider. And, you know, she's got 387 tabs open still from work, but she's got 432 tabs open for home. Mm-hmm. But if you know where you're at that day, mm-hmm. you take the guesswork out. Yeah. Communicate. Yeah. Don't don't expect him to read your mind. Don't expect her to read yours. Yeah. You can't navigate if you don't know what's in the way of where you're going. Right. Yeah. That so, was good. I like that. Thank you, man. I'm good for one every episode, Stephanie. Yeah. I cast it in already. Went ahead, went ahead and withdrew that one for the day. Yeah, but that's, um, you know, it's it's three things. Pray together, communicate together, date each other. And um, just the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing. And if you start with that intensity, stay consistent because every person, all four of us sitting here, have some kind of trauma that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some some people choose to um, overwork themselves. Some people choose to over-medicate themselves. Um, but it's because we have not communicated it out and have figured out a way to deal with it healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's so important because, you know, the PTSD side of my brain, I like to put stuff in a box, slam it shut, and stick it back. But then when a trigger happens like Tuesday, it's like... The devil's like, hey, we're going to pull all them boxes open. Let's have a party. All the boxes, lids off. Here we go, sister. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or don't. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the run factor in me, because that's what I've always done is run from things, is get in the car and leave. Just mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. So, yep, barrel racing has been where I have um, where I've run to. Yeah. And um, after, you know, Miss Cody um, in her glory days, Play, the the level of the playing field for me I was at ground zero mm-hmm. I had a I had another horse um, that I hauled for many years juicy um you know I could go on her and I mean you just have fun you know just kick point run have fun you don't have to think during the run you pick up your leg you I mean you could hug the top of the barrels they run the exact same because they were both trained by Papa herb and um I went to the rodeo in uh Sandersville. Prior to the week of the rodeo, uh, the sweet um, mom and little girl listened to the morning ride. She said, hey, my little girl wants to meet you at the rodeo. Are you coming? I was like, yeah, I'd love to meet her. Well, get to the rodeo. I get Juicy saddled. Um, she had she would take a pre-race mix, um, which was, you know, B12. She had taken it for years because she, you know, I mean, it wasn't anything illegal. I mean, it was B-complex. And... Um, because she needed a little help, mm-hmm. a little lazy, you know. Uh-huh. Get her <laughs> like drinking your monster, your B twelve. You know, mm-hmm. she was she was deficient in it, always had been. So, walked to the other side of the arena um, to meet this little girl, and um, was over there taking pictures. She 
giving me this little bag and this necklace and writing me this mm. sweet little note and um, walked back to the other side of the arena and everybody's eyes was real big and they were like, uh-uh. And I was like, what? And they were like, uh-uh. Well, I get there and um, Juicy, they had snatched the saddle off of her. Um, she was on the ground, unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Ace in Sandersville was there. Um, he gave her, you know, some medicine. He looked at me and he was like, Steph, you know, she'll bounce out of it, you know. Um, the only thing that we could think is like when uh, the B12, like maybe it like got outside of the vein, really don't know. Um, there was this, everybody was around her, um, praying over, and um, like, uh, you know, you can feel a horse's heartbeat like right where their girth area goes. And so like I could feel it, and um, this girl walks up to me now, the only horse I had at the time was Juicy because I've retired Cody at this point. She's, you know, had child and, you know, she's, she's good. She's good. You know, she's enjoying being a mama. <laughs> so, um, I'm, you know, I'm holding her heart and this girl walks up to me and um, she said, do you mind if I pray? I was like, please, you know, like, because I don't have words right now. You know, like I, I'm holding her. I can feel her heartbeat getting fainter. And she, you know, she leans over on her and, um, you know, starts praying. And um, I felt her pray her over what I like to call Rainbow Bridge. And, um, you know, she we took her there on a horse trailer. She left there on a trailer with a tarp. And um, so at the rodeo, you know, like I was like trying to process it. I was like, all right, this was already pre-planned. You know, this is part of the journey. That's why God had me over here. This is why she, you know, went here. And I had bought this horse, um, about mm, probably about four or five months before this and when I got down there to try her because you know God got a sense of humor I said well what's her name Georgia I'm a gator fan like I can't this horse Georgia nice oh yeah yeah we're dog fans I love it she didn't know yeah so you know I'm like okay well sure you know I get her run her one time and I was like yeah I like her I was like, yeah, I'll buy her. Well, I get her home, and for what I paid for her, because I'm a little bird, like, cheap, 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 you know, I was thinking, man, she's going to go, you know, like, I'm going to go and win. You know, I paid this much money for her, like, I'll okay. go. No, it did not work that way. Mm. She'd get to the first barrel and give me the middle finger. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to riding these horses that you just go in there, sit, you know, run around the barrel, wave, you know, yeah. lift, lift your leg up, laugh yeah. the whole time. And Georgia, mm-mm. Different animal, different animal. Well, I had been taking her to shows, and she made me look like I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And for all those years, whatever I backed off the trailer, I felt like, you know, I'm being top five. I may win it. We're going to be right there. I'm a contender. I'm mm-hmm. not just a contestant, right. you know. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> February of that year, this old man looked at me, and he said, if you would leave that good horse talking about Juicy at home, and ride that one more, you'd do her justice. Made me mad. What do you know, old man? Yeah. <laughs> so I started leaving Juicy at home. But when I started to leave her at home, it allowed that distance to be created. So when that happened, I could deal with her death better. Right. The girl that prayed over Juicy, she's from South Carolina. Do y'all know what her name was? Georgia. That's what you were fixing to say. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the dots I, that you just connect yeah. with your life and the way that his hand has just guided you through is just yeah. mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the morning ride. Radio. We'll go from rodeo to radio. Um, the a previous manager had been calling me, calling me, calling me. You know, we need somebody in sales. We want to have you back. Well, I was working for a public services at the time. Um, getting paid to talk trash, literally. Now I get paid to sell air. But he kept calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine trying to sell air. Um, so he called me back and he was like, hey, please come. And I was like, no, I don't. You know, I was making really good money. Um, super blessed um, to work for a corporate waste management company. Um, never figured like I could ever make that those that that amount. And um, But I was tired of corporate. Mm-hmm. I was tired of, you know, um, having to... Uh, hold profit margins for, you know, Wall Street because they're a publicly traded company. And um, I just finally said, you know what, I'm going to take a leap of faith. You know, Dustin looked at me and said, look, you're miserable down there. He was like, you know, peace of mind's worth a lot of money. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's going to be a big lifestyle change for us. Um, but he said, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, if, you're, if you, you think you'll be happy, do it. Well, that, I didn't even apply for that job. Mm. But they needed somebody to do the morning show. And then, of course, you know, when I took the morning show, three weeks later, the guy that helped talk me into the radio got fired. And then it was the diva den. And then there was another guy and another guy and another guy and another guy. But I always thought it was me. Mm. But because I have had to be in a masculine role so much of my life Mm. since I was 19, that's the reason why I have a sometimes, a lot of times, the reason why I have a hard time um working with a male mm-hmm. because I put all, I have a lot of masculine energy, but it's because I have been the provider and protector and survivor for so long because I, after, you know, the older married man, I said, I'd never want to be dependent upon anyone else again. And that's, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's not throwing shade or dirt or whatever. I'm super thankful because that older married man was an angel. Two weeks prior to my mama dying, he's, my mama brought him and said, you know, look, if something ever happens to me, you promise me you'll take care of her. And he's led up to that promise. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've ever called, whatever it is, you know, cosign, you know, whatever. When I was trying to build my credit, wow. you know, yeah, I'll help you. I know you'll take care of it, Steph. Wow. And so, you know, he he played a role. It's totally against what we are taught, and I do not condone it or, or right. anything like that. But I don't know what else to do at 19. But everything has led up to this point. And I share that because, you know, whatever you're going through, God sees the storm from the other side. And he knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. And don't try to push things. Like, let it fall into place. And, and it's, it's done that. And because, I mean, I've wanted, I've wanted to leave. I can't tell you how many times. I don't like getting up in the mornings. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. At Child, all. Me neither. Oh my gosh, me neither. At all. But that's, you know, there's a purpose. Yeah. Um, the night before, whenever, you know, the Bible verses, I can't tell you how many times when, you know, I've, you know, sent the Bible verse and Pastor Tom talks about it the next morning. Um, you know, our music consultant writes the devotion that I share at 850. They almost always line up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and, you know, people, people can debate religion and things like that. And I tell people all the time, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual and the conspiracy theorist and probably a little crazy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, Brian, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, um, I'm, 
I'm learning to be able to open up about this kind of stuff to hopefully empower other people um, to be who you are. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're not supposed to look like everybody else. Yeah. And um, make yourself happy. You have to be happy with the person that you see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And when your life lines up, whether it be socially, digitally, reality, life gets a whole lot easier. When you get everything, you put God first, and then you just put everything else in alignment, life gets easier instead of fighting the path that he's put you on. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning to do. Learn, and, and, you know, and not worry about what people say. Yeah. People pleaser comes from my childhood. Mm-hmm. I wanted my mama to love me. I wanted, you know, the people that were caring for me to love me. I wanted my daddy in my life. I wondered, you know, why I didn't, you know, have family reunions or why I didn't go on family vacations, you know, all of these things. And it all come back to me. And, you know, finally, as I got older, I looked at, my, I looked at myself one day and I said, it wasn't your fault, babe. You were a kid. Right. Yeah. And it was like, you, you know, you, you were a kid. You didn't ask for these things to happen to you. Yeah. But there were people, your parents or, you know, your godparents, your foster parents, in their 20s and 30s, probably healing from childhood trauma right. themselves. Right. So you can't be so hard on your parents either yeah. because maybe they only knew how to love you the way that they knew how to love you. Yeah. And they were probably doing the best that they thought. They thought they were doing the best that they could for you. Mm-hmm. And that's where you forgiveness comes in. Yeah. Very good. I'm glad that you said that right there too because that will it gets you thinking. It makes you think. Because we all face our own struggles and battles every day that we get up, whatever that may be. And then, uh, you know, we, we second-guess decisions that we make or things that we do. And then, I guess to your point, we need to follow the path that's put there. We don't have all the answers. We don't know what's what's coming tomorrow. If tomorrow's coming, you don't, you don't know those things. You just have to trust, have faith, and, and walk through it, whatever it is that comes your way. And, you know, whenever you start to publicly speak about Christ or your beliefs or anything like that, you do put a target on yourself. Yeah, 100%. Because do I drink? Yes. Do I drink until gluttony? I have. Mm -hmm. Have I self-medicated? Absolutely. Mm But I'm... I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to always be that person I am on radio. Um, are, I mean, we're, are y'all the same person all day? Hmm. Are, I mean, listening to this podcast, are you the same person you are when you wake up? No, can't be. Mm-hmm. So I strive to be her. Yeah. But there's a, you know, there's a lot of times I look at myself in the mirror and I don't recognize her. Yeah. Like... Because when you are by yourself and you live alone, anybody that lives alone, you know, like, you feel like them walls are like, mm-hmm. that That living room gets real small sometimes. And it's forced me to really, really, really dig down deep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's when that flight factor comes in. Yeah. But if you don't address it, it's going to keep coming back up and up and up. And you're going to find other ways to put it back down mm-hmm. or make it, dress it all up. And post it. Mm-hmm. 
So don't be so hard on other people because right. you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they went through with their childhood. You don't know what they have gone through in their adult life. I mean, people have lost children. People have overcome cancer. People have lost loved ones to cancer. Um, people are struggling to make ends meet right now. You know, um, there's all these silent battles that people are fighting. Our veterans. Yeah. I mean, go to our McDonald's here in Dublin at lunch and look at the amount of people that sit there by themselves eating. Mm-hmm. What have they seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are they going to the VA? What kind of pain are they trying to heal? You just don't know what other people are going through. So we're so busy, and, I mean, heck, we've probably been here an hour or so talking about my story. And it's easy for us sometimes to talk about ourselves. I, it, it, sometimes it is for me, sometimes it isn't. I know that I have narcissistic um, tendencies, but I have to work hard to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I have bipolar tendencies, but I don't want to medicate them. Um, but it's so easy to talk about our stories sometimes. We just need to stop and take time to listen to other people's stories. Mm. You know, if on a job site, in um, in school, wherever, if you feel that tug on your heart that, like, somebody's going through something, maybe that guy is not performing or maybe he's not living, you know, living up to the expectations that you have for him on that job site. Instead of, like, calling him stupid or like you know you can do better like what the hell's wrong with you you know like you you broke this machine pull him to the side hey what's going on yeah you know like what what's going on at home you know and sometimes they may throw up a like you don't care mm-hmm. maybe because they've never had anybody ask right. yeah. and they don't know that you're being sincere yeah just stop and take time to ask somebody like what's you know you, you want to talk Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to talk at that point. And then sometimes you might be there for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. But sit with them and listen. Because sometimes that's all somebody needs is just somebody to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I like to call that seek to understand. That's uh, don't pass judgment. Try to figure it out. Try to help them get that out, whatever it is they may be dealing with. Because there's a laundry list of things it could be. But, you know, imagine if we had, like, this little neon on our forehead. <laughs> you know, like, it, today it says mm-hmm. abused. Today says, you know, in my mind, mm-hmm. um, fight last night, mm-hmm. um, pick myself apart in the mirror, I don't like my wrinkles. Mm-hmm. You know, you would know what that person was feeling that day, so you would know how to communicate with them. Yeah. yeah. But so many times we just hold things inside, and then it's just like when that – opportunity arises it's like oh you ready to go for the jugular square up yeah explode everything on them Mm -hmm. for sure and then sometimes when she explodes just let her explode yeah sometimes she just wants to be held sometimes she just needs to cry and then you know some guys may say oh my god she cries every day (laughs) what do you think she enjoys it does some does some of us cry for attention we have do some of us cry because it is like, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been times I have, I've abused that cry. But then I had to man up or cowgirl up or whatever you say and said, Stephen, that's no way to live. That's no way to make anybody else live. Like, stop this toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. Fix you. And that's what I'm working on. That's good. That's wow. what I'm working on. So it's going to be messy. It's it's been messy, 
But if I don't talk about it, am I using the platform God placed me on? Because yeah. like I said, I did not apply for that job. I've tried to walk away from it. I've tried to leave that place. I have tried to move to Texas, Florida. I mean, wherever. Yeah. But it's like, he said, mm-mm. He just like, he pushes you back down. Yeah. Just like, nope, that's where you're going to be. I'll move you. I will move you when I'm ready to move mm-hmm. you. But until then, you're going to stay right there and you're going to do it. But the mornings that, you know, I'm riding to work and I'm like, hey, you're welcome in the studio. Like, mm-hmm. show up and show out. Yeah. And there's a lot of mornings when me and Darcy have looked at each other like, wow you know when you just get those glory bumps all over you and you're like you don't know why you shared something or you said something and then the text line lights up yeah or when you're out in public and um this guy walks up to you and he's got his four-year-old little boy and he looks at you and he said you know if y'all hadn't talked about suicide that morning on the radio i wouldn't be here holding his hand (sighs) but you don't have to be on the radio to make that impact That's That's this thing right here can be good or bad it's how you use it mm-hmm. to share your story to help others. Yep. But if you keep it in, you're not, I feel like you're not doing what God or, you know, whatever you would like to believe in has put you here to do. Because yeah. he, I mean, nobody's a mistake. Mm-hmm. What you went through, I've, some of mine's been self-inflicted. And I'm woman enough to say, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. But you share it to hopefully help somebody else not make those same mistakes. Right. So maybe some of you listening today are holding on to something that you've not shared before. Share it. Yeah. I think especially, you know, something we've kind of said before, uh, you know, on this podcast about, you know, just being kind to somebody, nothing really gets solved from a position of anger and just being uh, mean, uh, you know, and also just having that courage. You know, we talked about, we, you know, we brought up the suicide thing a couple times this episode. You know, having that that feeling that comes along with that, you know, that feeling of alone and nobody cares and I'm in this by myself. You know, that's one of the driving factors behind that. Or you that know, the world would be a better place without, without you in it. Right. You know, that you're not worth it. You know, but all you that's do, why you're alone and that's not true. Uh-uh. And then whenever you do it, all you do is pass the pain to somebody else. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah, that's not that's mm. not God love. That's not Jesus love. That's not unconditional love. Mm-mm. That's not the plan. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's definitely, you know, you're never alone. Uh, even if it's just reaching out to one of the hotlines, anything like that. You know, there's definitely resources out there. You know, and then just kind of like, you know, discovering yourself and working on yourself. You just try to be better, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, obviously, you know, Derek and Brian have definitely messed up a lot. I've messed up a once or twice um you know but i try to not do it again you know i try to just be a little bit better today than i was yesterday and if i can keep moving along that line you know i'm gonna be okay yeah i'm gonna be okay yep and the you know the people pleasing thing i'm still working on and i'll probably to a certain extent always be a people pleaser and i'll probably always have that social anxiety um kind of talked about it whenever you reached out and i was like you know I'm honored because y'all are making me overcome a fear. Mm. And sitting in this... Um, Multi-million dollar studio. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes um, with Marilyn Monroe. Um, <laughs> I, I was scared. But I was like, you know, if I, I, if I don't go, I'm never going to overcome it. Yeah. Because, you know, the podcast thing, the word podcast has had such a negative emotion. Um, because it's kind of been used as... Like, I've always felt like it was ammunition against me. And mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, you know, Stephanie, you're just made for radio. 
Like, you know, that's where God placed you. It's terrestrial radio. Like, yeah, I mean, I know it's 2023 and podcast or, you know, the new thing. But, you know, I was like, just be happy where he put you. So whenever y'all asked me to come on, I was like, so what is that what we're doing now, Jesus? <laughs> like, this is what you got. And so, but I was like, if I, if I don't go, I won't know. Right. Right. So I appreciate y'all asking we appreciate me. You. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I know y'all wanted to talk about running around trash cans, but <laughs> it's I, his do fault. Have, I do have a, a question about horses though, that you can help me out with. Is it true that, you can lead a horse to walk. Oh my God! And, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you, <laughs> no, thank you once again. Thank, no, thank you, you once again. Yeah. Hey, that. Stephanie, before we, before we, I think Chris closes up. Uh, you want to share the whole disclaimer about this? Uh, nothing yes. said on this podcast. Yes, nothing said here represents the views or opinions of my employer, State Broadcasting Incorporated, Dowdy Broadcasting. Thank God, you. you've I done knew, that before. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, yep. Same goes for Derek. Exactly. Y'all, you know his government name. <laughs> well, listen, everybody. Thank you so much again for tuning in, for listening in, for watching on YouTube. Um, you know, I'm a big numbers guy. We watch a lot of the YouTube analytics, um, and YouTube is telling us that about 50 percent, I think, of the people that watch this podcast are not currently subscribed. Uh, so we're going to ask again. You know, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, if you'll just reach down at the bottom right of where this video is, you're watching it currently. How much um, does that cost? Yeah, is that to subscribe? Yeah. Yes. It's uh, free dollars and free cents. Free and free. Um, wow. That's it. That's it. A zero dollars, zero free cent thing. Fitted. You just click on the little subscribe button, uh, and you'll get notifications every time we post a new episode. Nice. Uh, and you can do that on all of our socials. It'll be at the uh, logo at the end of this video. Follow us on everything. No money to you. And you'll stay up to date with everything that we got going on. Do you want to share the good news about the ratings? <laughs> I think I forgot this joke. <laughs> no, that's that's is, the uh, number one bod- podcast. Uh, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's true. We are, as of I think, pre-recording this one right before. Yeah, before this we one. are actually the number one. Don't say something. Just carry on. Okay, we are actually the number one rated podcast coming out of this basement. Uh, in Dublin, Georgia, um, so which is know, an absolute thrill, which is yeah. crazy wow. because yeah. it was it was yeah. a competition for a while. Believe it or not, we weren't the first when we first started. Wow, you know, it's crazy. It's Stephanie, crazy. I want to say this before we close. Seriously, um, had no idea that it was going to be so courageous of you to come on and share your story, mm. and I just I am so humbled and so appreciative of you coming out. And for you being so transparent and the courage that it took for you to do that, I thought we were going to be sitting around here and, and, and hearing the Stephanie that I've seen uh, on some social media. But to know how transparent you can be, mm-hmm. it just draws me that much more to you. And I just I, I love the person that you are and being so vulnerable. So well, um, huge, <laughs> huge, huge deal. Well, I, I appreciate it because um, – being able to be this person today is um I guess you would call it step one. Cool. Mm, love it. So and mm. I wouldn't have you know, Darcy has encouraged me. Um my girls, um my girls in Swainsboro, they've encouraged me, um, over tacos and margaritas. <laughs> you know, to Steph be yourself. Yeah. Just be yourself. Like you don't you don't have to be this person that you've created. Just be yourself. Yeah. 
so that's that's what I'm I'm learning to be and I I feel like as I become more and more transparent um as you say um I think I'll become a happier person not the person that I have built I'll actually be happy yeah truly happy with me I love it. Not happy because I have a husband Mm, or a a significant other or a horse that's winning or anything like that. Because where I'm at in my career of radio and rodeo, barrel racing, um, I'm thankful for the years that I've been blessed with because I have been blessed with being on the top. I've also been blessed with being on the bottom because bottom is teaching me how to actually train, learn, spend time with my horses, and enjoy every run or morning ride that I get to make. Mm. Because, you know, 40, kind of halfway there, you know. Mm. So the next ever how many years that I'm blessed with, I'm going to enjoy what I have been blessed with and not feel like it has to check boxes for people's approval. Because I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I don't. It. Maybe it's because you get older. You know, people always say when you get older. That's me. That's me right there, for sure. That other, um, that other really deep voice that used to be on the radio. I, he looked at me. He said, "When you get in your forties, you're just not gonna care anymore." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I guess that's the reason why you walk and fart. <laughs> you know, you just don't care anymore." I got so, two. I got two things I want to add, though. We do want. In several weeks, we would like for you and Darcy to come on. Yes, please. From the morning ride. Yeah, absolutely. Also, too, something we didn't get into, but I would like for you to pitch out there real quick is the sundown cattle. Would you let everybody know? Uh, yeah. Would you give everybody a quick thing on that as yeah. far as purchasing homegrown and yeah. fed? And- yeah, especially, you know, while those billionaires were researching the bottom of the ocean floor and uh, it was past where people could grow lab-grown meat and sell it, and it could be labeled product of USA. Um, it's so important, not only to, um, it's, I mean, I would love for you guys to buy Sundown Cattle Company um, beef, but if you know a local farmer that is raising local beef and it is being processed locally, you can buy direct. It doesn't have to be just from me. Mm-hmm. You know, buy from your local farmer um, because you know your farmer know your food. Um, you're helping buy fertilizer. You're helping keep that family farm running. Um, you know, the cattle that come from Sundown Cattle Company, they're fed in three different counties in this area. I do not personally drive the tractor out there. I don't have time. Do I love to when I can? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I'm learning how to do man shit. Mm. But <laughs> I enjoy it. And, and, ladies, you can do it, too. Just because, you know, it says whatever brand on it and it's a piece of machinery outside of the suburban car, whatever you drive, you can drive it. Right. It does not have to be a man's job. Um, but uh, the, the, the cattle are grown here locally. They're processed here in the state of Georgia. It's all certified Georgia grown. And there's nothing in it but just beef. There's no preservatives, um, you know, no, you know, hormones, anything that has to be given antibiotics. It's pulled from the program. And, you know, it's sold at a local stockyard. Um, but it's it's just beef. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of times you say you don't need to eat red meat and things. You may not. But a lot of times it's the preservatives in the meat mm-hmm. and the hormones that's in the meat. Um, but, yeah, Sundown Cattle Company, I do pick up and deliver. Excuse me, pick up and delivery. I do 
I pick it up at my house and I deliver it to you. But, um, you know, I do uh, appointments. You can do, I do half and holes, meaning you, everything comes back to you vacuum sealed. Um, and you can just open your freezer and have it whenever. But um, I appreciate y'all for supporting your local cowgirl. And, so, and they can find that on Facebook. Yep. Okay. Yep. In the app, um, the app I've got it downloaded on my phone. It's still in the early stages. Um, I'm working with this uh, corporate. I guess I don't. I guess it would be called a corporation, but it's a bunch of investors. Um, mm-hmm. They've asked me to come on. It's the Hero Cooperative, um, and it's building a beef cooperative here in the state of Georgia, um, because there's like a peanut cooperative, a cotton cooperative, um, but it's a uh, we're developing a beef co-op. Um, and it's going to be, I mean, just direct to consumer. Love you it. don't have to go to the grocery store. That's good. So, and working on a delivery route here in Dublin. So, like, you, mm-hmm. once the app is developed, you know, we have orders by Friday. Everything is um, processed on Monday, vacuum sealed, and then we're looking to run that delivery route, like, on a Wednesday or Thursday. So, it makes it a little bit more convenient because convenience is key. Because that's what a lot of times people say, well, we just can't, we don't know how to get it. Because, you know, you're only open this, this, and this. And, yeah, I mean, I've sold it out of the back of a horse trailer. I've sold it downtown. I've sold it at the farm. And the reason why it's, I've bounced around so much is because I, if I went up in price, it's yeah. not economical. economical and it's not affordable for yeah. people. So yeah. I've tried to keep, you know, the price down but still be able to buy, you know, horse feed and things like that. Right. So right. that's one of the reasons why it's not, like, in downtown Dublin because I just I'd move it to the house where there was you know no overhead right and still be able to sell the product locally very good thank you for that thank y'all appreciate it I don't know about y'all but we've talked so much about beef and she mentioned tacos earlier I I want some tacos to beat her you know let's go talk about it some food and for some lunch uh Stephanie again thank you so much for coming on y'all be sure to subscribe subscribe for the free to the YouTube now we want to thank y'all for tuning in Uh, And we'll catch y'all next week. Enjoy your fourth.